Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life, and now I'm in tech. And let's get to it. We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org. Hey, y'all, this is Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today, we have Tiffany, and uh, she, what do you describe yourself as? Is it fashion designer, clothing, clothing maker, brand? <laughs> I, I call myself a fashion designer. I actually designer. did go to fashion school, too. Okay, okay. And and what did you start start your career as? What do you mean as far as with fashion or my very first, first career? Yeah, you like your first one. Because, um, you know, starting your, your own clothing line wasn't, wasn't your first thing that you did. Uh, well, after college or during college, I went to the Navy. Um, so I can start there. I was in the military for eight years in the Navy. I worked as an administrative officer. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the military. I, I I I've never been in the military, but I was a civilian. Um, like I told you, I was an auditor, so I I, I was auditor on Air Force Base. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I know about the struggle, the life, and what goes into it. Um, so tell me, why did you start your your clothing line? Well. So I I joined the Navy um, my junior year of college. Um, after I got out the Navy, I worked as a government worker for a little while doing administrative officer as well, um, just as a civilian. When I got into my very first corporate job, that's where I realized it wasn't a lot of business casual or tall. Um and, you know, coming from uniform to civilian life, I didn't have a lot of, like, business casual wear because I wasn't wearing clothes like that on a day-to-day basis. And I really ran out of outfits fairly quickly um, on my job. So I started I started sewing things because I had been sewing since I was 12. So I went back to my first love, which was, you know, sewing, and I just, started making clothes myself for myself and then I would just post my looks on the internet and eventually tall girls start you know finding me and they would start asking me to like make them stuff too so for a while I was sewing for other people but it got a little overwhelming and I was like I have to figure out how to manufacture now because it's a little too much for me to sit behind the sewing machine all day definitely definitely um and so how tall are you? I'm six foot one. Six foot one, um, okay. hmm I am 5'11". And so, like I said, I, I, I reached out to you because I'm, I'm always fascinated by other tall women because uh, I understand the struggle. Like, there's there's definitely a huge difference between being 5'11 and 6'1", six, six for sure, for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, tall is tall. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, um, 
my sister was telling me that a place that I like to get dresses from because they're really long, they have pants now. And so um, I'm at a 36 inch inseam. Like I might be able to do a 35, but if people don't know, you know, like the the inseam that is in the store for women is 32. Yeah. And, um, you know, 32, 35, that's three inch difference, 36, that's four inch difference. And so it's, it's, it was always a struggle for me to find clothes. So <laughs> I had to get you on the podcast because I'm like, she started her own clothing line. Like, I have to talk to this lady. Please say yes. <laughs> um, and outside of that, I mean, um, business casual. Yeah, I would just literally wear dresses to work a lot of times because, mm -hmm. you know, at least then I could find, you know, clothes that, that, was a little bit long enough <laughs> and that's um, the biggest thing breaking uh, the settling um just we shouldn't have to settle you know and I found that tall women are the most creative women I've ever seen in my life um because we just had to be definitely definitely I mean yeah, it's just it, it's it was always a struggle. Like, um, <laughs> oh gosh, like I, you know, I moved to a warmer climate, literally, because you know you couldn't you can't find clothes. I'm like, at least I can wear dresses. You know, I can wear a maxi dress and stuff yeah. like that. So you know, I'm like, I don't want to wear pants because that's that's a real struggle. I don't want to wear you know a uh, uh, a blazer or anything like that. Like, I, I need I need my arms and everything else out. <laughs> Yeah. The struggle is real. Yeah. Um, what did you think you, that you wanted to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a fashion designer. I always wanted to be that. But when I was 18, um, and keep in mind, again, I had been sewing since I was 12. I've always sewed and designed and been a creative. And just, I was just that kid. Um, my mom just didn't see the path you know and not to blame her but she just kind of was like I don't think that's a great career choice or that you should study fashion um so when I went to college I actually had my undergrad in management and I have my um my my master's in uh leadership and so I didn't do fashion because it was just not a clear path or a clear trajectory as to how to make a career out of it. Um, but I've always wanted to do it. It's just, I didn't see how I could get there at the time. No, definitely. Um, you know, I, I can understand how parents can be influential. Um, my parents were government workers and I didn't want to be a government worker, but I ended up being one anyway. <laughs> so I, I get how parents can push you. And, and yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like if I, you know, had kids and stuff I, and they want to be a fashion designer, I'd be like, what you going to do with that? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but uh, I guess my thing would be study something that you can fall back on and then do, yeah. do, do what you really love you know, on the side. And if you can do it on the side and make it some, into something big, then you wouldn't have to worry, but always, always have that fallback plan. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see. <clears throat> you kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, 
Oh, no, you did. You did. You said the catalyst was basically, you know, you, you started working and uh, you couldn't find clothes and and I get the struggle. Um, all these things come at a cost. I mean, what did it cost you? Did you have support from your family, your friends, you know, when they were like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go all the way in on this fashion design thing? Um, my mom is a tall woman. She is my biggest supporter. You know what I mean? Like, she's my biggest supporter. She's my first customer when I launched my site. At midnight, she shopped. Like, she's my biggest supporter. You know, they, they fully support um what I'm doing. And, and I'm, I mean, I think now where I'm at, I have a clear path for it. You know, 18 was a lot different from 33. You know what I mean? So... I think they support because I have, you know, a trajectory now. I was, I'm, I thought I was talking. I was going to say, yeah, 18 is different than 34. And I mean, things have changed a lot since then anyway. Yeah. I mean, we have the internet. So, so you know, you can literally reach customers all over the world. Um, when in reality, you know, back then, your parents are probably like, oh, well, she's going to open up a store where your customer base is very, very, very limited. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's very different now. Um, let's see, next one. Um, what was the process? I mean... You know, you said that you were you were sewing since you were 12. So, you you know, you got it from that perspective, but more so on, you know, opening up a store, you know, the business, the accounting part of it. What what was the process on that? Did you take courses? I mean, did you get some, you know, uh, attend meetups? What 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 was the process on that? I mean, I think the good thing for me, again, you know, I had the undergrad. Um, I had started my master's. You know, and I went to fashion school as well. I had a lot more foundations. And I had a whole career too, you know, from managing people and working in, in admin. You learn a lot more skills. So you, you really kind of bottle that up and try to translate it into a business. Um, and yes, like I took courses and, you know, went to the SBA and kind of figured my way through things. But I would say it wasn't starting over. It was just using the tools that I had to figure things out. Um, I think that's the best way to put it because when you come from a, a career to a business, it's totally different from someone starting with no experience at all, um, i.e. managing people. I had, had managed people, so I had a good idea of, you know, how to work with other people and things like that. Definitely. And that's that's one thing that I want to focus on in the podcast is, you know, people think that your your past career doesn't translate into your current one. And you you probably fully, fully understand that, you know, being ex-military. <laughs> um, and so you do certain things that uh that that might not translate a lot of times. Um and so next question is, you know, what are some of the positives and negatives of your of your new career? I think um, a pro is that I get to be more free spirited, I would say. And, um, you know, I get to be myself in the military and going over to government. It's kind of was the same, to be honest. Um, I just 
was a civilian at that point, but it still was a lot of the same rules and regulations. And um, I remember when I started wearing certain things to work, I came into my office one day and I had like the, uh, you know, the, the dress code manual thing on my desk, you know, because I think what I, when I started making clothes, I would wear such loud, like I wore, I would wear appropriate stuff, but they would be like pink high waist pants instead of like black high waist pants or like purple or something. And so my, my clothes became a conversation at work. And, um, it was, it, it really was just like, I still had to kind of tone it down at work, even though I was professional, not revealing, wearing things that was appropriate. It was like, so, so I would say like, I get to like be myself right now. The, the uh, con though is that it's no blueprint, honestly, to entrepreneurship. You have people who can give you um, guidance. I have people who can give me, you know, theoretical things that have worked in the past. Um, but what I'm doing, which is bringing a new category of fashion to the market, it's really no blueprint. So the con is that versus the military, someone could say this is exactly how you make officers. This is exactly how you make this. It's no one telling you how to really get exactly to where you're trying to get to. Definitely. Um, I've said this before. Entrepreneurship is one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. And I'll agree that even though it's it's the hardest thing, you are very free. <laughs> even if you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, it's like, okay, well, I, I have full autonomy on what I want to do and what I want to focus on. Um, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Um, and yeah, I'm one of those those people that like bright colors, like you know, I, I, I like to wear red to work and I used to get in trouble because I wore red. <laughs> and this was at the military too. Yeah. And my boss was like, yeah, you, you you can't like wear that. What about black and, you know, like navy blue? And I'm like, no, nah, I want to wear yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some traits that you think would be, you know, successful, you know, not only as an entrepreneur, but also like in fashion design? Um. And I mean, I guess this is one of the things that, again, um, me coming from the admin world, it's just like attention to detail. It, it translates in business and fashion. The details matter. You know, one of the things I'm always thinking about um, when I'm designing is like functionality um, and what my customers to do with it if they, you know, if it needs to be dry cleaned or washed, if it zips, does it have a button? Can I get in and out of it easily? Is it comfortable? Um, so just those attention to detail, I think being very meticulous and stuff. And then time management. I mean, I'm a mom. I have three children um, and I'm married too. So although I'm full time, my day is not 100% given to the business. I still have other responsibilities which actually makes it a lot more challenging. And so I would just say like time management, um, I really plan out my week very well on the things that I need to do at home and at work and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I would just say those two things are very, very important to me. 
Definitely. Um, <laughs> I recall, you know, going to stores and they were just a mess. And it's because the owner was, didn't have any organizational skills. And that is definitely key when, when you're, I mean, just, just in daily life in general, but as an entrepreneur, because um, you might miss out on a bill payment, um, attention to detail, you might put an O instead of an I. So, so yeah, um, you you definitely need organization skills and attention to detail. So I, I 110% agree on that. Um, do you think that you should have pursued fashion design earlier in your life or do you think it was the right time? I mean, that's always a tricky question because, um, you know, I think I think the younger me was, you know, upset about it, right? And when I think back, I was like a little salty about it. But seeing where I've um, gotten to now, I think everything was done in the right order. Even though I wanted to do design, I never wanted to do tall. So I wasn't even designing for tall at the beginning anyway. You know, the discovery came through life. You know, like I said, through getting a job and kind of trying to shop and having the the resources and the money to buy those things as well um, and needing them. I didn't need a lot of business casual in college. So I don't even know if my mind would have gone there, to be honest. Um, and a lot of the resources I was able to get to start my business came because I was a veteran, um, getting my, my extra degree paid for that came because I had a GI bill. Um, a lot of the, you know, sometimes the grants or the programs, um, transition and veteran programs, they came because I was a veteran. So my startup money and startup resources actually came from the military or just, you know, going through that journey in the military. So, and that's another thing too, you, you need money to make money if you want to do a business properly. And so I don't even know if at 18, I would have had the funding to build the business up the correct way. Eventually I'm sure I would have gotten there, but you know, when I think about it, I think everything was done in the right order. Definitely. And I asked that question because, you know, some people have regrets. Um, you know, my, my first career, I wanted to be in tech and, you know, it didn't happen that way. So I studied accounting and became, became an auditor. Um, and I had to think about it. <laughs> you know, was it, did I, did I regret it? You know, not keeping, you know, keep pursuing it. And no, because I, I, I loved audit. I really did. Um, and uh, the flexibility of it and what I got to do and what I got to see. Um, so, yeah. Um, and people think that, you know, their life path is not, you know, like a destiny type path and things like that. And that, you know, you should you should have did this instead of that. And that's not how it's supposed to be. So that's why I asked that question. And yeah, sometimes the, the time just isn't right. Like you said, 18, I mean, where was you going to get the funds from? Where would you, I mean, you had to grow up, you had to learn some skills. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is what it is. And um, last question, what would you tell someone just, just in general that wanted to, you know, um, go out on a limb and, and, and change their, their career? 
think it's always great if something is in your heart, you know. Um, I don't regret leaving my career for entrepreneurship. I just think that you need a couple of things. Um, you definitely got to be a consistent student. I think that's one. Entrepreneurship takes a lot of learning, consistent learning. Um, two, having the proper resources, i.e. savings, um, and, and a good plan. Specifically for people who, I would say service-based and product-based uh, businesses because it takes a little while to get the ball rolling. Um, so, so having a good plan of how you're going to live and what your life's going to look like if you kind of cut that, that financial piece off and your benefits, your medical, your dental, all of those things to really think everything through. And then thirdly, um, just being fearless because fear stops a lot of us from doing things, you know, and this it, it really can put you in a place of not just being a doer. And, you know, I'm a alumni of a university of Memphis and it's the, you know, we always use this term of like, you know, the thinkers and the doers. You can have a lot of ideas. It's great, but you still got to get up and do it. And um, so those three things I would say are the best things for transitioning careers. I researched a lot on my lunch break during my downtime at work. And I, I worked up until I just could not anymore. Um, like when it was just like, okay, this is literally consuming me now and I'm not being productive at work. But I think to just abruptly quit is the wrong move to make because as a CEO, you're not planning. Um, and you need to be a great planner to be a great entrepreneur. You answered my follow-up question because I was going to ask you, you know, as an entrepreneur, fellow and a fellow entre entrepreneur as myself, you know, do you think you should just go all in or do you think you should keep your job, you know, and, and you know, take it, take it, take as much time as you can and <laughs> work those 80 hour weeks. Um, uh, so yeah, what's, what's your opinion on that? I mean, as someone right now who's conversing with um, investors and different partnerships and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm seeing that it's a different threshold on the other side of like if you want to go from you know being a solopreneur or to a company, a true company. And every room I've sat in as of the last six to eight months, they're surveying my thought process as a as the CEO and if they trust my decision making. And to me, when I think about piss poor planning, that's not a good CEO because then you'll you'll drive your company down a rabbit hole. You'll you'll um exhaust funds, put funds in the wrong places, um, not pay your staff, not hire the right people. So my thought is that any great CEO would plan anyway. If you if you're gonna look at it from their perspective, um, so it's not it's not about abruptly quitting. It's just quitting with a plan, having a plan for how to be how you're gonna attack the business. And if anyone drives a car with no gas, then that's not a great 
founder to me. Create a plan. There you go. Perfect. Perfectly said. Um, yeah. Um, I also want to circle back to what you said um, about, uh, you know, keeping at it. Um, I, I do seminars on the side and my first seminar, I had two people, <laughs> two people show up and one of them laughed at me. They're like, aha, you only got two people. And it was like, I was devastated. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that, that transition to, you know, I have, you know, 80 people now in, in my seminars. So, you know, don't be discouraged when it doesn't necessarily go, go your, your way, um, and, and keep at it. Cause somebody's going to see it. Somebody's going to acknowledge you and say, Hey, you know, they didn't throw in the towel. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just my little tidbit on it too. Um, Tell us where people can find you, Tiffany. Well, I'm on all platforms, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, at TJL Collection. So it's tjlcollection.com is my website. TJL underscore collection is my Instagram. TJL Collection on Facebook. Um, you can even Google us or Tall Women's Clothing will come up. Um, and so if you or anyone else knows someone who's tall definitely refer us out i know everyone isn't tall but it, we all know somebody who's tall and so um a referral is is just as great as well gotcha okay I, I can't wait till this one comes out because like like i said i'm i'm excited i'm so excited for you in the future because i'm like look don't nobody cater to tall <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming on the show. Um, my name is Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though Podcast. Um, please subscribe. Um, thank you for listening, watching. We're on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course on YouTube if you're watching. And uh, we, we still have more episodes coming. Um, Tiffany is number 20, so we're keeping it going. And uh, until next time.